Amen. Turn with me, if you will, to Luke 4. And when you get Luke 4, please put your finger there and turn with me also to Ephesians 4. So Luke 4, put your finger there, and then turn over to Ephesians 4. Ephesians chapter 4, let's read verse 29. Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as is good for edification or building up, according to the need of the moment, so that it will give grace to those who hear. Flip over with me to Luke chapter 4. We'll just read the first half of this in verse 22. This is talking about Christ. And all were speaking well of Him and wondering at the gracious words which were falling from His lips. Tonight I want to give a short meditation on this idea of our words, having gracious words, our conversation. Our primary text it will be Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29, but I wanted to read Luke chapter 4, because that's our goal tonight, is Christ-likeness. When we talk about our words and how we are to speak, we're not just talking about this in terms of kind of an abstract way, like, well, these are the principles of what it means to be a good person. You know, you should do all sorts of things, and one of those is you speak well. And it's kind of disattached from Christianity. No, when we talk about our speech, all we are talking about is holiness and becoming like Jesus. When Christ came to the earth, it says people observed Him and gracious speech poured from His mouth. It was a characteristic of Christ. And so the thing that we can pray for tonight is that, Lord, when we look into Your Word, please help us to be like Jesus in this very basic but vital area. There are all kinds of things in the Christian life, but as you get older and start to see more about the Christian life, you see more in the Word, and you start to realize the things that are very important, you start going back to these simple verses like Ephesians 4.29. It's like, God, if I could just not have unwholesome talk for one day, could you just help me for one day? You go back to these very basic things of God help us. Like the, like the psalmist says, Lord, put a guard over my mouth. Help me to speak like Jesus spoke to people. Help me to speak like Jesus spoke. And so that's what we want to do tonight. We just want to look sh- uh, briefly at this text here in Ephesians 4. And what it highlights is this. It highlights a couple of things regarding the importance of words. Now, this is going to be basic, but I hope you won't despise it. The first thing is we need to remember we aren't just talking, but that there are actually people hearing. And so the very first level of this thing is an awareness of other people around you. And and that's what Paul says. Paul says in Ephesians 4, he's talking about the speech 
And the reason we are to speak this way, so that it will give grace to those who hear. That's who's the center of this passage. The center of this passage is not necessarily, in the first order, these words. It's that there's this other person here, and I have this objective. I want to give grace to them. So the first thing that we need to think about is when I am talking, someone is hearing. Unless you're talking to yourself, and I'm, then I'm going to need to refer you for that. But generally speaking, if you're in a conversation, someone else is listening. And that's what we're talking about tonight. I'm speaking, and someone else is hearing. Here's the second thing. What they hear will either rot them, which is the literal word for unwholesome, or build them up. So when I speak, people are going to hear. I'm in this conversation that feels so mundane. It feels so harmless. It feels so neutral. I do this all the time. We're talking all the time. And it feels just so average. But the Bible says words are powerful. And they are either unwholesome and they're going to rot the person that you're talking to. Or they have the potential to build them up. As I mentioned, if you have an NASB, I don't know if the um, ESV does this, but if you have a certain type of NAS, it'll tell you the literal for unwholesome. If you look over, it's literally, literally the word rotten. Let no rotten speech come from your mouth. Elsewhere, this word is used in Matthew chapter 7, 17 and 18 of this idea of decayed trees that produce rotten fruit. That's the idea here. And of course, there's lots of things that come to mind. Slander, gossip, basic unkindness, even things like negativity. Whereas you can say something negative, and I've been guilty of this, you can say something negative and it will go into a person and start rotting them. It will start breaking them down. It's tearing them down. Just because something's true does not mean that it needs to be said. It's so important, so basic. Just because something is factual does not then give us a license to go ahead and pass it on. Amy Carmichael has several criteria for words that she would say. So she would ask herself questions before she would say words. And one of those is, is it necessary? Is what I'm about to say necessary? Is actually, is it true? Is it kind? And is it necessary? Ask those three questions of any conversation you're about to have and it would go a long way. Because this gets down to the nuts and bolts of things. This is very practical. This has to do with our marriages. A lot of marriage problems are communication problems. And a lot of communication problems are due to the fact that we are willing in small ways to let unwholesome speech come from our mouth. Rotten words, slander, gossip, negativity, things along that line. We need to ask the question, this is too, there are, the stakes are too high and this words are too powerful, they're too important. We need to ask, is this really necessary? There, there are hard conversations that have to happen. There are negative connotations in co- conversations that have to happen where you have to bring up situations about other people. But there's often a way that you can do it that will build people up there's, there's a way that you can do it that will tear people down. But more often than not, you need to ask the question, do I really need to say what I'm about to say? Do I really need to say it? Is it necessary? Is this 
conversation, what I'm about to say, actually the highest choice of love in this situation, in this situation. So what they hear, we need to remember, we're not just talking, but people are hearing. What they hear will either rot them or build them up, which is what Paul says here. He says, no unwholesome word proceeds from your mouth, but only such a word as is good for edification or building others up. And that's the exciting thing about this text. That's the exciting thing about what it is to be a Christian. Carpenters use hammers. Surgeons use scalpels. Christians can use words. And your words have the power to leave someone with a little more grace than when you found them. That is an amazing opportunity because when you're at home with your spouse, you have the opportunity, conversation by conversation, what I'm about to say, I can either tear down what's going on in their life, whether it's directly about them or not, or I have the opportunity to say something that can actually leave my spouse with a little more grace than when I found him or than when I found her. When I'm talking to a roommate, when I'm talking to my children, when I'm talking to coworkers, I have a chance to do something with words. And this is especially applicable in the body of Christ when we're interacting with one another. We have this powerful thing called words and you have the opportunity to leave someone with a little more grace than when you found them. Just in an everyday conversation as you're leaving the building. It's pretty amazing. Very encouraging of what the possibilities are. All of this might make us think we should focus on words, but this is not really about words, is it? This is about the heart. This is about a heart attitude and a mindset. It's easy to get focused on words and think, okay, what words should I say and what words should I not say? But really, here's the thing. If you get a heart attitude of what Paul says the purpose here so that it will give grace to those who hear, if in your mind... You make it your mentality, God, help me to be a person that when I talk, people get grace. If that's your heart attitude as you face the day, and that's what your prayer is, and when you're going into conversations, you're saying, Lord, help me to do this, the words are going to work themselves out. Because what does Christ say? He says, the mouth speak from that which fills the heart. You get your heart right, words are going to be no problem. If your heart isn't right, you can't memorize enough phrases to do this. It's a heart attitude. A heart attitude. So here's a couple, of two, a couple of two things here about how to shift our mindset regarding conversations. Here's the first thing, and I'm going to restate the point again. Realize that someone else is listening. That is so vital. Realize that someone else is listening. Far too often, we are just absorbed in our own little world. And when you get in your own little world, you just start talking. You're just talking. And you forget that there's someone that's hearing and that those words are going to have effect on them. This is so important. And here, here's the point here. You need to bring the cross into every, situ into every conversation that you have. Enter every conversation dead to yourself. So much of the Christian life, I have come to learn and I've heard other men state this, so much of the Christian life is just realizing there's other people out there besides you. 
So much of the Christian life is dying to self and starting to recognize that there are unique people around us with unique needs. And you start to see, you start to get outside of yourself and outside of your own little world. I know this is basic, but this is so important in conversation is you go from this thing of just talking about whatever's going on in your head in your heart, and you start to realize, here's another person outside of me with needs of their own, and I have an opportunity to build them up. Just a realization of other people. One, you realize someone else is listening. Number two, realize that this someone lives in a moment. Isn't that what he says? He says this, he says, let no unwholesome word Proceed from your mouth, but only such a word is as good for edification according to the need of the moment. He made it so much more difficult. Because you can't just memorize a bunch of good phrases and parrot those back to people now. What you have to do is realize that, like I said earlier, you're dealing with unique people with unique needs at a unique moment in their life. That's why the first point, I repeated it, and it's so vital. You've got to be aware of people around you. You've got to at least have enough wits about you to see a little bit of what they're going through, empathy enough to enter into their life so that you can speak to their needs and enter into their burdens. Each person that you come in contact with is someone living in a moment. They're unique. And I appreciated what... uh, Martin Lloyd-Jones said here on this, I thought this was absolutely amazing, so I want to read you this quote. He says this, commenting on this verse, he says, As fits the occasion means that I must consider the people to whom I am speaking. I must make an assessment of them, and my speech and conversation must be appropriate for them. But many Christian people do not do this. They say to themselves, now that I am a Christian and must engage in good and godly conversation, I must always be giving my testimony or preaching the gospel or getting a little word somewhere or or the other. No, says the apostle, that is the wrong approach. If you approach it in that way, you are more concerned about yourself and about doing your duty than you are about manifesting the true Christian attitude in this manner. He's not disparaging spiritual talk. Obviously, that is an important part of the Christian life. But he's saying this, if you just approach people mindlessly, even if you're talking about spiritual things, a lot of times you may not actually be doing good for the person. That's Martin Lloyd-Jones saying this after the Apostle Paul. The Christian's word of edification should always fit the occasion so we are not to repeat phrases in a parrot fashion and feel that we have done well and performed our duty. Not at all. Now listen to this. Instead, we are to discover, first of all, what is the exact position of the other people. My business is to speak to them in such a way as to help them exactly where they are. We do not just talk and talk and talk. We do not merely make our correct statements. We have to learn to understand other people and their needs. That's why I keep reemphasizing this first point realize there are other people who are listening. Your spouse has had all kinds of stuff going on that day. It's probably better to listen first, to try and empathize. I'm so preaching to myself. Our co-workers, our roommates, our kids, our parents, 
every conversation that you enter into, you're not just entering into this blob that you just speak words at. This is a person. And we need to enter into their lives so that we can bear their burdens. The amazing thing is here, like I said, this is not, this what this means is that the spiritual conversation may not always be the right one to have. That's what Martin Lloyd-Jones is saying here. He's saying you can't just go in with a bunch of spiritual phrases and think this covers me for wholesome talk. That's not entering into people's lives. That's not entering into their needs. I know there was one time, um, last time when Saeed was here, um, I was over at the lighter's house and he got in town. He had had a horrible three days. He had been on planes he was just completely worn out. I can't remember if this is one or two times ago. He was completely worn out. When he walked at the door, he looked horrible. He was so tired. He was so wiped out. And I could tell that. And I was just kind of sitting in the chair quiet. Um, it's probably selfish that I was even over there now that I'm thinking about it. Uh, but he, he sat down in the chair. And all of a sudden, he looked at me. And he said, tell me how you are doing. And he asked it with such reality with so much love in his heart, with so much of a sense that I knew he really wants to know how I'm doing. He really cares about me. I walked in the strength of that for like three days. What is that? That's wholesome talk, which is really encouraging because that means that the way that you say hi to people on Sunday morning can leave them with strength for days just because you're entering into their life. You're thinking about them. You're not absorbed in your own little world. You come outside of yourself and you really care about people. About people. And because you care, you know you start to see what they need to hear. It doesn't take much to encourage a Christian if you'll just take a moment to realize what's going on with them. And when you get that realization by the power of the Spirit, we can speak words that are wholesome to each other. So make it a practice to pray for your conversations. This is, this is such a practical tip. I hope this is not self-help, but man, it has worked tremendously in my life. If you, before you go into a conversation with someone, if you will just pray, God, would you bless this person and use my words to do it? Your whole mentality in that conversation will change. So make that a practice to pray for your conversations. Pray that God would bless people through you and pray that God would use your words to do it. Amen.